Welcome to Romance with a Cocktail. I'm Peter. And I'm Ashley. And we're married! Today is a special Romance with a Cocktail. It's our 10th Romance with a Cocktail, so that's super special. It is also the one where we're going to, for the first time, be discussing a classic, canonized novel that happens to be a romance novel, right? Yes, because today we are talking about Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. By Jane Austen, yeah. Very exciting. I think it was 1813. Does that sound right? it was 1813, so that's early. It's a whole different world. Yeah. It's really like the, I guess in the UK it was the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, but really the very, very beginning. Yeah, it's it's very early. Um, So, and it's, I mean, it's not the first romance novel, but it is among those like very early Mm -hmm. romance novels. Yeah. Yeah. there are no references to alcohol that we could think of. As no, I mean, I'm like, how now. did I not notice if there was one? But it's possible mm. that maybe the men drink something, but, you know, that's okay. Because, right, we just come up with something else. Yeah, so um, there are many websites, believe it or not, and a book dedicated to cocktails inspired by Pride and Pride and Prejudice. There's like a, a lot of and so you There's a lot of that. fan uh I don't know you don't call it fan fiction but fan ancillary material having to do with Pride and Prejudice. So um I found a whole cocktail book dedicated that was inspired by this um I mean that's really interesting since we both read the book and didn't notice any alcohol mention. Yeah. Yet well, people love inspired this. Inspired by the moment of the story, I guess. And so they make a book about cocktails. Well, I mean, the reason we read it was because it was mentioned numerous times. I mean, I was thinking in a way this novel like transcends the genre. Like people know of it. It's Mm -hmm. like part of popular culture. It's referenced all the time. I mean, like I said last week, I think there are many retellings in modern romance mm-hmm. using the story of pride and prejudice. Yeah. So it, it ha- it's at a, di- it's a different set of like literature than most of what we've read in a way. I mean, there are move so many movies based on it. Yeah. Um, well, so, I, it but, makes me think maybe I would like Wuthering Heights more now. Well, I told you, I think for now, not every week. I actually thought maybe we should just go deep into these like more canonized romance novels, but I don't think that. I think every 10 episodes we read one. Oh, we pull time. out one of these classics. That, so we got Sense you know, and Sensibility, whether I agree they, with Jane them, Eyre, Wuthering Heights. Are and we then we'll read have to Wuthering see. Heights again. I, think we I have to. just I mean, have such bad memories. But just think of we it. read it like at the start of our love story. We read it our senior year of high school. Is that when we read it? Yeah, I think. In Miss Ackland's Yes, class? or it might have been summer reading, but it was definitely 12th grade. I felt like it was Miss Curley's class. Nope. 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 It was definitely senior year. So hmm. in a way, it's like we have to go back to it, right? 
I mean, I don't want to, but, but I maybe very you'll much like enjoy it now. Pride and Prejudice. As exactly. You know. So, like, maybe you'll enjoy mm-hmm. reading Wuthering Heights. Well, let me ask you: Did you enjoy Pride and Prejudice? There were moments I enjoyed. I wasn't quite. Wow, you didn't as... enjoy it, huh? In the end, yes. But you know, it wasn't quite as easygoing for me. Like I was really granted it was a busy week getting back to work after the new year. And so I didn't have as much time as I wanted to read. And this isn't one you can just like sit down and read in an hour. You have to like stick with it and keep track of what's happening. And there's a lot of understated things. So you really have to pay attention to what's happening in the story. Yeah, kinda. I mean, More than a lot of. You could get the plot off of Wikipedia. I mean, yeah, but I couldn't do that. I Don't worry. I was tempted to just go and like read a really good summary. I will tell you, I was confused about a lot of things, and I ruined it about two-thirds of the way in because I was like, what's this thing? And I went to the Wikipedia page, and I read too much, and I read about and it. I can't believe you did me. that. I was so mad. But, I mean, you knew what was going to happen. Well, I was, no, I did, first of all, I didn't know that Jane was going to end up with Bingley. But they were like the most pure love story. Like, they were like so clearly in love. You knew that it's a romance. They have to end up together. Yeah. Um, No, I didn't know that. I just assumed Lizzie was going to end up with Darcy, but I had But how could they end up together if Jane and Bingley didn't? Since Jane and Bingley, I mean, then they could never have ended up together It's very nice that we read that it that way, and Jane was was, uh, the most likable, probably. I don't know. I liked Lizzie a lot, too. I I grew to really like Lizzie, actually, over the course of the novel. Like, I've read it, but it was so long ago that I barely remember. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was complaining kind of for the first part of the book, but the more I read, the more I really did like her a lot actually as a character. Um, so, I mean, we'll get into that, but first, what did you come up with then from your foray into Pride and Prejudice fan material? Hmm, what is this? Too sweet. It's sweet. I don't know that it's too sweet. It's but, a Lizzie champagne. <laughs> <laughs> it is, okay. It uh, has a lot of ingredients, I noticed. Like you were putting a lot of things in it. Yeah, so it has amaretto. It has... Um, oh, I don't know what the... The, the Chambord. Chambord, yeah, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Chambord. It's got uh, pineapple juice. <laughs> Yeah. And um, champagne. Okay. So I thought it sounded good. It was two liquors I've never tried before. Which is fun Chambord. to try something. And those were expensive and kind of yeah. like fancy. I was going to say they are, but you can make some good drinks with those. Oh, I don't know about that. I This was not one of my favorite cocktails. I mean, I'll it's definitely choose this You'd over the like martini it. last week. So. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the difference. That one was, oh, that was burned all the way down. Well, don't worry about this. This is like grape juice. I was going to say, I think it's the pineapple juice that tilts it over the edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um. So where do we start with this? I know you've been excited. Like, this one, more than any other, you have stopped me to mention Mm -hmm. what's happening and asked me if I can believe what happened more than any other novel that we've read like well, you were I just really into it enjoyed it um you know i read a lot of these um sort of church father books mm-hmm. 
and and I enjoy them. You know, my favorite book of all time is Augustine's Confessions, mm-hmm. and sort of like a theological memoir, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it's very personal. It feels very personal, and there's a lot of like weighing of moral philosophy and trying to integrate the Greek philosophy that he had sort of been taught and grown up with in the Roman sort of some of these philosophies and and this theological understanding and and like how virtue works and what is a virtue and what is a vice after all. And that's a lot of what Pride and Prejudice is. It's a lot about what makes a person's character. That's true. It what, does. What makes, what makes a person virtuous. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, it's an old-timey novel where they, where they actually believe virtue is virtue and vice is vice, you know? And, and the way it plays out is, is brilliant. I mean, it's clear that it played out the way that virtue and vice is supposed to play out in the way that you're classically taught these things. Say a little more in relation well, to the novel I mean, and how very, it played out. Very, I mean, the most apparent is obviously the name of it is Pride and Prejudice. Right, and it's about the prejudice that she had at first to Mr. Darcy because she thought he had these certain vices, these certain these certain faults of character, right? Right. And she didn't realize that what appeared to her at first like faults of character were actually virtues behind the scenes. It's not so it's not so easy to discern what is virtuous and what is what is an error, if you will. You know, what is pride? What is Yeah, for sure. What is pride in the sense of like he was too standoffish and um, I like that. I like that they talked about that. They talked about it at length, regularly. They did, yeah. Like Jane and Jane and Lizzie, the sisters, the oldest sisters, were always talking about what is his true character? What are these people's true characters? And at first they think the evil, debaucherous Wickham mm-hmm. is is so great and so good, and he's been put down by the mean and prideful and greedy Darcy and then they realized that he wasn't and in fact he hadn't told anybody the truth of the situation and meanwhile Wickham's probably spreading far and wide these lies about um, his former I don't know if you want to call him master but um, no I don't know exactly, but... Patron. patron Let's call him a patron, maybe. And uh, I don't know. I, I just found it fascinating. I also thought it was really interesting to see women the way women... I mean, I was telling you earlier today that I didn't know actually what um, how marriage used to work. I actually didn't know... Wait, so you didn't know about the permission? Like you needed to go get permission from the father and that that was a formal process? Well, like, I, I guess I, if I had thought about it, I would have I mean, thought. Because that's where I it comes thought, from even now. That, well, I knew a dowry was a part of the marriage thing. And I knew, 
uh, I had some idea that eloping was like something that you did if you like in the modern sense it's just like if people were living together long enough they say oh we just eloped after a while that's what they say and so I figured eloping was like you went to the courthouse and got married that's what I thought eloping yeah or you go to was. Vegas and get married or... well that's what I thought eloping was that's yeah. not at but all that what is eloping what it is now historically that is yeah. not what it is and I don't know why we use that term now but I didn't know what it was until there was all the drama with the younger sister what was her name Lydia mm-hmm there was all this drama with Lydia and I'd remembered from our first novel or was it our first or second? The one with St. Vincent. Well, as you say, the third one, I'm surprised this third didn't one. come up then because they did. They went to, in the Claypus they went, novel. yeah, but they went to Scotland and I yeah. was like, but did they elope? Was that what that they were would doing? be considered eloping back? Yeah. Because they couldn't just get married in England. Um, and that was because she did not have the father's permission. Mm-hmm. Okay. And right. so you, you could, had to and elope. in England, you weren't allowed to elope. Right. Well, I mean, no. Well, they wouldn't marry you in England because of the process that you had to go through. So mm-hmm. you had to go to Scotland where it was more relaxed. Yeah. To get married. I mean, there were like special licenses and things that could get really complicated, but. How easier. do you know these things? How do you know about special licenses? I mean, I thought this was common knowledge, but I guess I know it from romance novels. It's <laughs> like we were, you know, we were out at dinner and people were like, no, I don't know anything about this. Right. Like Gretna Green and like eloping to Scotland and that's where yeah. you would go. And so I, I think you do know it from romance novels because when I didn't understand what was going on with Lydia... I went on, that's when I started going on Wikipedia. I was like, oh. what is going on here? Why do they have to go to Scotland? And why is London mean one thing and Scotland mean something else? Because I could tell from context, context clues, as they would say in the mm-hmm. literacy world, I could tell from context clues that them being in London meant one thing and that was preferable to them being in Scotland. No, no, it was else. preferable for them going to Scotland because that meant they were getting married. If they were going to London... But eloping, that meant they were eloping. That's still not good. But they had already left together alone. So Lydia would have been forever ruined in society. So going to London meant he had no intention of marrying her. So that Uh, was bad. And that's why they were all like, oh no, she's not going to Scotland. She's going to London. Mm -hmm. Because that meant they were just going to like be living together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I could tell something was going on there and I was like, what does this all mean? I don't understand why. Why London didn't you just ask else. me? You weren't around. I think oh, you were at work or probably. something and I just went and looked it up and then I read about Scotland and about actually the marriage laws. They also had relaxed age laws. You in said Scotland. that. Now that doesn't come up in romance novels because that's not romantic, but <laughs> But that's a thing, too. Um, yeah, I guess they, it was just very different. And so I, I learned all about that. And then I learned about the dowry. It made me think about how it used to be. And, like, this was a very interesting time because you had you had sort of a an idea of romance being a thing. That you could have, you could feel kind of the love yeah. for somebody. 
I mean, you, you definitely have that in Pride and Prejudice. You have this In the sense. novel, but it's not really the way society works at this point. Really? Like, mostly marriage was still, like, arranged by parents. Your dowry, which is kind of comes but up in here, like, Lizzie didn't have any dowry. that it's common knowledge for all the readers to know that you might feel something for somebody that you're getting married to. Yes. That's and that, that would be preferable it, it would be to not feeling anything. To just Although most married. marriages would not. Because there is the marriage that first happens between Mr. Collins, and who Charlotte, is yeah. just insufferable. Well, so there's also a lot of moralizing and like, you're like, these are the but virtuous I love people, that. but they're like not virtuous. I love that it's like so, so clear. Oh. The moral, like, the moral sensibility of the author is so clear. Like... There is clear virtue and clear vice. Right. And yet, the mor- the sanctimonious moralizer is, is like so caricatured, so so terrible yeah. that you're like, oh, he is just the worst That's type of I mean. person. Like He's only, can, almost worse than Wickham, who's like a degenerate exactly. gambler and like can't control his passions and all this. It's like... I'd rather be with Wickham than I would with Collins. Collins is the worst type right, of person. Right, he's the one who's like you're reading what all and he's like letters fat and things. And sweaty. And it's so he's looks like even worse than anybody. So sanctimonious is a good word, and so you just can't stand him as yeah. you're reading about him. And so, um, but I love that sensibility that the author has. That's like there is true moral and true true moral good and true moral evil and at the same time true moral good is is very distinct from moralizers yeah you know and so there it's a a very nuanced understanding Mm -hmm. of um of sort of the the moral universe of western of the western world at that point 1813 you know and but that's what i'm saying like even the romance though that is not most people's experience at this point in like history but then there it's there it's there and romance novels because while i don't read a lot of like classics all the romance novels set in this time period the romance is always set against the dominant way of marriage in Mm. society in this time which is still more like more like Charlotte, who marries Mr. Collins. I need to be in a better situation, so I'm going to marry this guy because it's going to get me out of whatever situation, I can't remember all the details, that is worse for her. And she knows she'll have a set life. Now, in the upper classes, it was often arranged. Like the idea that the woman Catherine had, that Dar- Mr. Darcy was going to marry um, his cousin, you know? The sickly his one. His cousin. Well... And they were like, like, but like, okay, beyond that, because they were going to unite their fortunes and their Their fields and their, and they were going to get married. And it didn't really matter that they didn't have any romantic feelings because that that wasn't what was important. Were they first cousins? They were because Catherine de Bouygues. (laughs) <laughs> is is the was the sister of was uh, I, I wasn't ever really clear on that. I think but, so. Okay. I think they were first cousins. I thought they were just friends. Well, they were definitely cousins for sure. That was, was said, first for cousins. Sure. Did we not know that first cousins was not so good back in eighteen thirteen? I don't know if we knew because remember there was a lot of like um 
a lot of that happening and it weakened bloodlines and stuff and like made inherited diseases more common. Like, you know that was happening classes. with the aristocracy. That's why I'm they saying this is aristocracy. The, I mean, that's their part Mr. of the Mr. Darcy arist was aristocracy. Mr. Darcy But there were some people who were sort of like and Catherine, upwardly Lady mobile. Catherine. Right, but some of them were upwardly mobile. Like some of the people, like the mother like came the gardeners. from... Yeah, yeah like right. her... Her siblings. And you know what's interesting? They sort of play the gardeners up as the best they're, of everybody. Right. They're the most real of every. Like they're But like, they're the best of everybody. Were, I wonder what was Jane Austen? Was she an aristocrat? We should have looked that up, but I don't, I wouldn't think so. Although we should. No. I wonder if she played them up as because that she was the most upperly mobile. Yeah. And I was reading all this stuff, like, I guess the Bronte sisters. Um, criticized her, um, criticized this Pride and Prejudice is not so good. And like, there was like some drama between them. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, I thought, I thought a lot about the, the author. I thought a lot about Jane Austen and thought, man, what, what chutzpah she had to have to like put something out there like this in that, in time. a society where they treated women like that. I mean, I mean, women are just, you make one wrong step. Yeah. And somebody doesn't like you, they can just put you under their thumb in a second. Like Mr. Darcy, if he's a psychopath, could do terrible things to people. Right. I mean, they basically had no. Right. Like, I mean, legal it, power. And, and you liked the, that, the, the stuff that happens at the end, you love the idea that like Catherine de Boer comes and visits Lizzie and like tries to make, and, and you're like cheering on Lizzie as she's like be standing up to Catherine, to Lady Catherine, right? Yeah. And of she's, course. and she's like, she's like, I don't know why it should affect me. If he should love me, I should, and like, <laughs> I love it because she's like arguing, but like not like she's just like it's very understated, very British. Like yeah, everything's and understated. It's very like I'm not gonna let you make me mad, and I'm gonna pretend like a like I don't even like. In a way, it was like I don't even know what you're saying. I'm not gonna really take you on, but yeah. yet I'm gonna stand yeah. my ground. Yeah, well, to you, you gotta love that because you're southern. And yeah, that's the way I mean, Southerners very, are. Like, yeah. they say the nicest things in the world, but they're actually stabbing you in the back at that moment. Okay, well, I don't know if I'd go that far. But it's yeah, true. it is. Like, that's you say something are. and stand your ground without it having to be combative. Yeah, yeah. And so then she comes off, like, you're like, yes, she's great. And then Catherine is terrible. Yeah, and she stands up to her at the end, and they have this, like, showdown where she's like, let's walk to the woods over here. And then she's like, trying to threaten her and saying she's going to do terrible things to her. And then she, like, and Lizzie stands up to her in, like, her understated British way and is like, I don't know why you would say this to me if Mr. Darcy's such a good guy and he's in love with me. Why, why do you have a problem with Mr. Darcy <laughs> feeling this way, you know? And uh, and she's just furious. Catherine's furious. Yeah. And that's so fun to watch. Um, but, I mean... The Rome we haven't really talked about the romance of it all. Yeah, I mean, Mister Darcy and Lizzie are even though Jane and Bingley are kind of like the love, the underneath love story. Like Mister Darcy and Lizzie are, you know. Yeah, 
the so, central. So I go story. back to some of the Catholic scholars that I've read and that your passions, you shouldn't be guided necessarily by your passions because your passions can mislead you. They're supposed to guide you in a certain direction, but you're supposed to let your passions guide you by your by your sense but of virtue. he is guided by his passions. Because he says his reason tells him no, but his feelings tell him yes about Lizzie. And he can't deny his feelings any longer. Even though his mm. reason told him she's a bad match, her family is Yeah, difficult. but that's prudence. That's a, that's a matter of prudence. That's like, it's like accounting. So she, so she doesn't have connections. So she's... But in society at that time, that mattered so much. Well, did it matter? Oh, it mattered. How much did it make a difference in his life? But it could. In that society, like if you weren't the right person, you could be shunned. He was someone who didn't care about that. So do you or think he had he got enough power. Do you think he got shunned? No, because I think he probably had enough power that it didn't matter. Hmm. But he didn't really like going out in society anyway. So do you he think this care. is just a frivolous novel? Then is no, just... I think this is what romance novels started as. Like those rules of society were not as important as the relationship between the two people. There is that, but there's also the sense that the that Lizzie is morally good, and also she is. He likes her because she is sort of stubborn and unwilling to to just do whatever to to be social climbing in a sense like to get married because he's got a fortune. She won't do that. She turned him down the first time he offered marriage because she thought he was a bad person, right? Right. I mean, and they like had not even had any real positive interactions at that point. So I mean, he was kind of a bad person. To her, like from her perspective, what he she saw. Well, he, in some sense, well, that's the, sort of the rub. So there is this idea that marriage in the most virtuous esoteric sense is an arrangement between two people to have the best, um, the best family contract, if you will. Right, it's it's to arrange the best family situation for the future, for virtue, for the to provide the to provide the foundation for future virtue of formation in your children. All right, and so you shouldn't be guided by your sense of like, oh, she's a hot woman, I want to bang her. Like that wouldn't be the one thing that you should be guided by when you're looking for a wife. In fact. They make that clear that that's the reason that the Bennets, that Mr. Bennett and Mrs. Bennett are in this marriage is because he couldn't wait to just get married to the first hot woman that he came across, which was Mrs. Bennett. And she was an idiot, morally. I mean, I don't really like that. But that's what they say. They say he just... He just couldn't wait to get married and got married to the first woman that paid any attention to him that was hot. And he just did it, and now he's paid the price and doesn't love her. But, you know, yeah. and back in that day, he's married, and 
So he made the best of his situation. So he doesn't love her, but he makes the best of where he is. And so there's this sense there that Darcy is marrying for the highest level of virtue because he sees her as like the most like for the most for the most character reasons than anything else and like he's not doing it because he's for for sexual or passionate for corporeal reasons right yeah But there's something about the corporeal that's, like, important. And, like, Lizzie's like, you haven't courted me. You haven't done anything to me. Like, in fact, I think you're a bad person. So I'm going to say no to you, and I'm going to say no pretty forcefully. I'm going to say you're, like, not only no, but I'm going to tell you all your character defaults, defects that I see. Yeah. Right? And I'm going to list them out in, like, my understated British way of, like, saying all the things. Oh, my gosh. It drove me crazy. The understated back and forth commentary between the characters. Oh, I think I want to do that from now on. I'm going to do Do that? Like talk like that? British. Like I'm not going to talk with a British accent, but I'm going to say understated things that are actually like We'll see how piercing. well that goes. <laughs> I think it's, it's like great. Oh, so much of it. But and you're right because she had to come to see him as a good person, right. and that was how she came to love him. So there, there that, is something. Not, there is sort of this this romancing that required. There's this sentiment, and like even when Lizzie's about to get married to Mister Darcy, the the husband's like, "You can't be." Who's her friend that married Mister Collins? What's her Charlotte. name? Charlotte. Charlotte. So Charlotte marries Mister Collins because he will stand to inherit basically Lizzie's House. father's fortune, yeah. right? Yeah, land. So she, she marries him, and she doesn't love him. Nobody. He's unlovable. He's a terrible <laughs> person. And so, like, you – and he's, like, he's a vicar of – he's, like, a pastor. It's, like, terrible. Yeah. It sounds terrible. So <laughs> – and he's, like, sweaty and fat, and I, I was seeing him depicted in movies. He's not a fat, sweaty That's person. That's not how I movies. read him. Was that described? Was he I think he was. That way? Like, like, very sort of like. Like, I thought he was just big, but that was, oh. I didn't read that as fat, just more like big boned. Like, oh, well, boned. that's not how he's depicted in the movies. But anyway, okay. I mean, whatever. Um, so he's with her, and and he does it for. She she marries him for the life that he can offer. That's right. what I was saying. Like that, and was she's more like basically, typical. you know, on the verge of old. She's twenty seven. That's like way past marrying yeah, that's age. Old. So at this time, yeah. Um, I mean, people are probably marrying, are dying in their fifties and sixties. So no, I mean, twenty seven for a woman in that time. Yeah, old. you hit. Yeah, I mean, twenty three is old, right? So. Right. You got Lydia gets married at 16, right? I mean, yeah, but that's still young. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are five sisters. Yeah. Because like in most. Kitty and Mary. And Mary's like the bookworm. And they yeah, who's like always kind of like very uh, like. Um, 
like too smart. What's the word for that? Where she's always like saying these things that are supposed to probably sound really insightful or meaningful, but they're really annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, um, but there is this like sort of rub that like there needs to be some courting. There needs to be a sentiment. So when she's about to get married. She goes, her dad's like, you know, you won't be happy to be like Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Remember when he's yeah. like giving her, giving Lizzie the speech well, like about marrying sure, Dis- right, Mr. Sure Darcy. It's okay for him. And, right. and, and Lizzie's like, you know, I know I really do feel like I love him, you know, and he's like, oh, you've been talking smack about him for right <laughs> all the whole time you've known him and now suddenly you want to marry him and you think you love him. You realize you're not going to be happy. You can't just marry for for sentiment. This is right. the way you are built. This is your character. It's very interesting to me. So there is something more. There is the sense that there is something more. And it's at this age where this something more is finally emerging as something you could have. Because basically, for women, yeah. 1700s and before... The world's so dismal, like maybe an aristocrat, maybe the first Elizabeth, although she never married, right? Didn't she never marry? Mm -hmm. Like maybe an aristocrat could have actual feelings for somebody. But you got to think it's really the first time women, it begins to be like possible that women Mm -hmm. can have more and that they could actually choose. Mm -hmm. Because even in this, you see like, Lizzie's mom was like, just told her dad, like, tell her she has to marry Mr. Collins. Just tell her she has to. Mm-hmm. That is very common at this point in time. But there's like this idea that it can be more. It's very energy. interesting. It's new to humanity. Yeah, in this time. Yeah, it was. New. I mean, or Western humanity anyway. I mean, I don't know. Maybe in Eastern cultures, it's like, okay. To marry for a yeah, well, that was feeling. kind of actually what I was thinking. Is like we need to look at romance from other cultures. There's got to be no good English novels. Maybe some. Maybe there's some good translations. But it would have to be a tr- obviously a translation. But like from other societies. Well, you know, I I read the betrothed. You know, Pope Francis talks about that's mm-hmm. his favorite novel. He reads it once a year or more. She's an old Italian. Novel. The the Mediterranean peoples probably have like Spanish, Greek. Well, we should look into. I was thinking we need to look into that because they're all hot blooded. They all care about their feelings too much. You know, I'm. You know, you can say things without like. I'm a sterile Northern European blood type, so I, I don't. I don't have feelings. I don't know if you know that about me. I know you like to pretend like you don't, just like they do. Like Mr. Darcy likes to pretend like he doesn't have feelings. It must be from my Just likes to my push peoples. it down, and then he has to reckon with it so that he can get Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Because it's still very much a romance novel. You can, Even though it's like historical, it's older, it's classic, it's very understated, it still has those same ideas as romance novels you read today. This like... Guy who doesn't express himself, is not comfortable speaking, and, like, doesn't have an ease of manner. And so people see him as too prideful, um, arrogant, conceited, aloof, and 
and he is captivated by this spirited, um, like woman who pokes fun at him, who who like isn't willing to just go along with what he says, um, isn't isn't as bound by the like sh- sh- like. Strict that's the reason of the time. That's the reason he says it explicitly. Exactly, he does, and that is like half the romance novels out there now. I know, but you can see it in this one. It was new then, Mm -hmm. that idea. But the newer romance novels seem to, you know, there's a balance to be struck. There's obviously the corporeal side, Mm -hmm. and there's the sort of like esoteric virtues side of the character of the person and you want a marriage of both some of them lean pretty far into the you know i think about the what was the indian novel that we read the marriage game the marriage game i mean there's just constantly sleeping around there isn't that much room for character in there. There's a little bit, but it's like mostly about sex. Maybe. I mean, there's still, it's not like Pride and Prejudice, but there's still a kernel of like what is good, who is good, what is, I mean, there still is like. There's a lot of sex scenes. In there one. were. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are none in Pride and Prejudice. Right. Although they, I did read that Lydia's um, dress that needed mending, she sent a letter to. Maybe Kitty mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, I'm gonna be," and they—it's in the novel. Um, I'm gonna need to mend my dress. People speculate that that's because she like gave, um, she gave Wickham the opportunity to do something um, scandalous through the dress. They like ripped it. Oh, that's what they. That's what scholars say. Scholars, some (laughs) scholars have written about like mending. Well, why, why add that? Why add that? Is a good question. Why add? I need to mend my dress. I don't know because I I ripped it. Why? I put that in the novel. Okay, but there's literally other than that. There's like no. But I'm just saying, and that that, says nothing. Well, to me, I'm convinced by that argument. I think. There was not a word in this novel that wasn't well calculated. She wouldn't put some extraneous line about having to mend her dress in a letter if it wasn't to say well, Lydia that we, and were, so, were, we the... were so passionate that he tore my dress well, open. Well, they were the ones who were and got I mean, to they the were goods. living in you know, they were living <laughs> together until Darcy found them and like made them get right? married. Like they so, were. So that was what it meant. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I mean, you wouldn't have noticed it. I saw it in the, you know, because I was trying to figure out what's going on (laughs) with all these things. And that's what they were saying. They're like scholars say, oh, yeah, this is, if you had to mend a dress. Okay. Maybe. Their passions got away with them. But nobody else. Like, there was, like, no passion, really. Well, there was between um, Lizzie and and Jane, both. Actually, they were different sides of a coin. So that's what I was interested. I would love to 
You say you liked Lizzie more than Jane. Jane, though, is probably... I, well, Jane was, like, the nice one. I don't know if either of them were nicer than the other. Well, Jane always went to see the best in people. Right. Lizzie didn't. You know, I think you're more like Jane. Oh, I would agree. I oh. thought that. Even as I was reading description of Jane's, I was like, oh my gosh, this is how I am. Right. Like always wanting to see the best in people and not and wanting to be like, oh, well, I mean, I know that sounds bad, but like maybe they're not bad. You know, like maybe <laughs> they really don't mean it. Like, let's be. I definitely thought, oh, I'm like Jane, but well, I want to be that's why I was Lizzie. so happy when Bingley yeah. came back. Well, I bet you were if you were thinking that she wasn't going to get Bingley. Yeah. But, like, there was literally no way for Lizzie and Darcy to be together if Bingley and Jane didn't get together because Darcy was one who had blocked Bingley from being with Jane. Lizzie could never have been with Darcy, have loved Darcy, if he didn't help repair that relationship first. Well, not only pre repair that, but you find out, like, he's helped the whole family. Well, there's so there's still like the grand Lydia. gesture idea behind this, like this, like. So, what do you think about that? I think it's romantic. It doesn't bother me if that's Is, what you think. Oh, it's interesting because you were you were. I think you were implying that there wasn't that much romance in this, but now oh, you're saying that well, it is. took a while for there to be really much romance. So the romance is Darcy helping to fix Lizzie's family, which is just I'm not I mean it's just cringe. terrible. Like the mom cringe, is terrible. To use Hank's word. It's very cringe. It's very hard <laughs> to like. Well and then she and then, you know, Jane Austen just like describes how cringy they are. Like she like the mom is just talking about how Jane is gonna you know, Bingley's going to marry Jane loudly in a ball. I know. It's just, again, it's like a character. And she won't be of... quieted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but he helped them in the background. And the other romantic thing and is that. And that's romantic? That's romantic. And that then, I think the other romantic thing was like, even though he said he loved her when he first proposed, he was, remember how he like basically enumerated all the reasons they shouldn't be together and that he shouldn't love her. And it's, and it was like her family, but it wasn't just that her family was difficult. It was like, well, they don't have the money or the station or the connections or all this stuff. And how could I love someone that doesn't have all these things? Mm -hmm. But then by the end, he has changed. Like, he's not the same in the way he thinks about her. And then he, like, really connected with her mother's family, the gardeners, and, like, he was able to interact with them. And, like, well, what, I mean, it wasn't really that, didn't seem that great, but it's this British way of interacting that's very mm -hmm. distant, even when you say that it's not distant. You know, she'd be like, oh, he was so relaxed here. And you're like, what? You're, he's not, I mean, this does not feel relaxed. But, you know, he, like, had changed. Like, he wasn't, he did, that didn't enter into the conversation anymore mm -hmm. by the end. Yeah. Um, and that was romantic. Because he kind of had to realize those things. Because they were, she was also prejudiced toward him. 
She judged him very harshly. Yeah. Just like he judged her from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that was romantic. I mean, there were little romantic things throughout. Um, when they when they got, like, when they would actually get together or, like. But, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, like, modern romance. But it was written in 18... It was published that in 1813. So, you... But you you prefer modern romance, obviously. Yeah, but some things are still true, like the helping of the family, making her life easier and better. I don't know if you're supposed to like that, but that's romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why getting cleaning people is like one of the more, most romantic people. Yeah, I always I've say that. You. Yeah, I always say that. Like For when you, you can like step in and take care of something, share the burden, share the load. It's romantic. And in a way, that's what he did mm-hmm. with her family. Um, so. You didn't You didn't see it? You didn't think of it as romantic? Because you were kind of saying in the beginning of this that you were, you were not unsure that there was a lot of romance. In well, this. there isn't any romance. I mean, I guess a little between Bingley and Jane, but... But he's also, like, so drawn to her personality and her prettiness that he can't but like we know nothing of him of his like like we know for so long we, we don't know, know he's him. handsome yeah and that's it well i mean that's all you need to know as a woman what else do you need to know like what is he like like they don't talk about anything for the longest and like what is he interested in what is he like they don't like, they don't really interact much for mm-hmm. a long time. So there's not really any romance. Like, he, like, is captivated by her, but he doesn't even know her. Yeah. Like, I would say, I mean, he's, like, drawn to her. But that's not that romantic. To me. No. But so drawn to her that he... Despite the pressures of the station that he's in, wants to be with her. How is that less romantic than the reformed rake? It's not less romantic. It's in fact, that- it's more romantic because he has more to be able to give than the reformed rake, who's basically in a symbiotic relationship. There, there is St. Vincent marries whatever they got. Evie. Evie. Whoever that lady was. You know, that is on the list of like one of the best romances of all time. Lots of different lists. Winter. Devil in Winter. Solstice. Devil in Winter, yes. So whatever that novel that we read I was. I just said Devil in Winter, yes. yes. So that novel. St. Vincent doesn't have that much to give anybody. Other than... Just the female protagonist. But he still, like, saves Darcy can give to the poor, can give to the family, can save one woman from ruin, another woman from a life of being a spinster and having a potentially missed relationship. He's done so much good in just the space of the novel, and you can only imagine the great things he can do he makes ten 
thousand pounds a year. As the mom is like <laughs> repeatedly reminds everyone. I mean, they he can do great good, and yet he is drawn to this one woman because of her spirited, unique personality. Really, it's her personality. I mean. You got to think, he's got a lot of options on the table. Well, he starts, though, with her eyes. Are men going to, like, brothels in this age? Yes, Is that for sure. something They definitely are, yeah. You've read a lot of romance oh, yeah. novels about it. So, like, so like Darcy's going on the reg. Well, he might not. I mean, if he's so morally upright, he might not. But it's, So there are some who don't. Right, but it is very common at this point, yes. In That's, life. like, normal. Yeah. Like most aristocratic men who aren't yet married. Go to brothels or have mistresses that they keep. What a different time. (laughs) 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 But, I mean, they don't all. And maybe he doesn't. But you've read romance novels where that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Most of the Claypus ones have it. Where the man's just going off to a brothel. Well, not all the ways, but sometimes they're just like secondary parts of the novel or maybe the the love interest has a relationship with the person who owns the brothel or the like. Oh, yeah, because was Devil Winter Clapus? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like remember? the gambling house was also had an agreement but with he, the brothel. No, remember, he they had him in the in the gambling yeah, but house. It, and so hey, Vince was like, no, get them out of here. And then made an agreement with the proprietors of the brothel. Well, right. that and the woman that he made the agreement with makes an appearance in other novels. Right. So, right, like, right. that's a regular, like, thing. But that just wasn't the concern of this novel. Like, that just wasn't, like... Well, in my mind, there is a concern. There is this idea that there's this unmistakable connection on the physical level between the two protagonists, right? Like, he can't stop On his part. I'm going to be honest. I didn't think she... It didn't seem like she was Yeah, because women don't care about that. But... Well, in modern romance novels, they do. Yeah. (laughs) They are. That's always. I think. I think romance novels serve a purpose. Whether or not they're imitating life is a different question. I don't think okay. in real life women spend a lot of time caring about men. If they did, men would take care of themselves more. <laughs> Let's be honest. Men are just women. Try to look pretty because men care about it. Men. Don't try to look that good because women don't care about it. Women care more about other things. Well, there has also been a long history of women feeling like they had to be like that because the only future women had in this time and up until, you know, even not that long ago, it was finding a husband. Mm -hmm. I mean, that you see that in this novel. So, yes, they find someone they love, but they still had to find a husband. Right, but my point is... And so they had to look a certain way, Women don't way, be care a certain way. as much. Maybe. They just don't care. They, Maybe not as much. In the, hierar- say they just in the hierarchy care. of cares, men care more. It's she, just a truth to, She didn't seem really drawn to him at first, for a long time. 
No, I mean, I think she did. She recognized that he was a handsome man, but, like, she immediately thought he was not very... Too arrogant. Yeah. Too prideful. Right. And he said something mean about her, like she was just okay or something, and she overheard it, so... Yeah. Yeah. She is tolerable, but not handsome enough to tempt me. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that. No, yeah, I'm in no humor at present to give consequence to young ladies who are slighted by other men. Yeah, so that was... You had better return like, to your partner and enjoy her smile, for you're wasting your time with me. So that was, like, her first introduction to him, so... Yeah. You can see, but I don't know. It was, like, a good novel, and you can all definitely see, like, the... There are layers. There are layers to the novel, and you can see the beginnings of like this romance idea in it too, because it is it has all these little pieces that you now see in romance novels. But I mean, it's not like that relationship. To be honest, it wasn't that developed, because in some ways the central concerns were more layered and more about the like themes around virtue character. and character and. Mm -hmm. And women's place in society, right. even. And that was really the more, like, the bigger concern mm -hmm. of this to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So the question is we have the beginnings of romance as we know it in modern times. Mm -hmm. We have the beginnings of the romance novel, which is mm -hmm. different than romance itself because. Yeah. Like for I sure. said, I think romance novels serve a purpose for, you know, single women who are not dating, who want to feel those feelings. Yeah, but then why would I read them? I haven't been single in a long time. Why would I read them? Well, maybe you're not getting enough out of our relationship. No, it's because there is something about reading about relationships and the. It's. No, it's. It's like anything. Why do I listen to love songs? It's because you like, yeah, you like not... those feelings, and you can relate to those feelings, mm -hmm. and it's entertaining for the right. time that you're reading. So it's not it. just written for single women who want I know, to feel but I think there are some. Have... I think in some cases they are. I Maybe. think there are clearly even ones that we've read that were like. Maybe. That's not how I see them. But then I'm not a single woman. Well, you know, the bromance book club is like as close as I can get to it. Like a pro ball player who like at the same time is like very. But that wasn't even, definitely wasn't written for a single woman. It was about a married couple who had to find their way to each other, back to each other. Mm. I don't know. I, well, we I think I speak on behalf of women to say that I don't think it's written for written for women more broadly oh i i shouldn't say single women what i should say is women who don't have much romance in their life and want to have like the full package encapsulated in a novel and i think the full package doesn't actually get encapsulated in in a person i think there's also everything surrounding it has to matter like your family situation has to matter i think you're where you came from 
what your immediate family is at the time, whether you have kids or not, whether you're single, married, divorced, single mother, single, um, a widow, you know, all those things matter in real life that, you know, you could distill into a romance novel in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But I guess I what I think is like you're saying they're written for people who feel like there's a lack of something in their lives, and I just don't think that's true. That's true. You wouldn't deny that that's true for some readers, people. but I mean that's any novel and some authors. Maybe I I just I'm not definitely don't agree. I think that you're depicting it a little bit. I don't know. I think you're not seeing the full picture. Oh, maybe I'm not, and I'd be open to that. So what am I missing? I don't know. I, I don't really understand even why you think of it this way. Well, like, when I wouldn't say that of Pride and Prejudice. I would say that of some right, of the because novels. because it's really more read, about, again, about society and the When there are caricatures of, when, when novels don't, when the characters in novels don't strike me as authentic, I think... Why would they make somebody that's not like real life? And then I think, oh, maybe there's an emotional payoff in this. Because the characters don't, like, there are, like, clearly good characters and bad characters. And they're well, not... Well, that's, that's, that's one thing I might think. I might think, like... Why make somebody so evil and, like, so despicable? You know, like, what you want to see is some, you, you want to feel like the author, like, gives somebody a, f like, like a fullness. Yeah, we talked about this last time. Maybe. I don't know. Do they really need it? I don't know. I mean, that's not the point. Life is where everyone is like flawed and real and has all these different sides of their character. We don't have to have romance novels be like life. No, we don't have to. They're just better. If they well, are. I think, no, we don't even want that. So then maybe that's why you don't like Pride and Prejudice that much. I like Pride and Prejudice as a novel. You don't like it as a romance novel? Not as much, No. That's but the, I like that's it. The key. It's well written. So it's well what purpose done. does a romance novel hold that a, a novel doesn't? So you like it as a novel, but you don't like it so much. Well, you as a really, novel. to me, the relationships aren't the cent. I mean, they're not like they're not as. Yeah, it's the relationship piece. To me, like, we didn't get to see the relationship. Like, Darcy and even Darcy and Lizzie, it's very minor how many times they interact. Yeah. How many times they talk with each other. How, like, and I know they say they love each other, but it's very hard to believe. Yeah. Whereas in a romance novel, I don't think that's true. I think you believe it. Unless, I mean, you're, like, saying it's not real and it's not possible to be like that, but you believe that these... You see the relationship. This one, I know it is a romance. And you again, like I said, you can see all these little pieces that continue to today mm -hmm. in romance novels. But it has a different purpose. It is definitely a picture of society. It's a manners novel. Yeah. And, and how 
people interact and the limits of that. And like you said about virtue and class and being a woman and all of that. Like that's what this is really telling us about. And it does a really good job of it, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, I told you, like some of the people I could barely even stand to read because they were so unlikable. But they weren't even doing anything that bad. Hmm. It was just the way they were. And like the way they talked and the way they like. Right. Treated other people. But it wasn't like they were like really evil. I mean, maybe Wickham was like a little bit of that, but like the rest of them weren't. Like they weren't doing anything like yeah. horrible. Right. But they were just so insufferable. Yeah. And she did a really good job mm-hmm. of that. Right. So I think that as a novel, I mean, you can tell it's like very. And very and there was that one line I told you about. She says, like, I don't know the line. You maybe you, I don't know if you would have highlighted it, but it was like, isn't incivility the first sign of love or something? No, I highlighted a ton of stuff and I haven't even got I know we haven't even talked We're about like it. We're like an yet, hour into our I know, discussion. I was thinking that, so I thought I would ask you, but like that line I think is where I shifted when they said when she said that of Jean and Bingley, Lizzie says that as like a sign that they loved each other. And I was like, that is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, because they were like wrapped up in each other. And, you know, in, in, and in that society, like civility is so important. Like, that's true. Whether you like the person or not, well, there's true a way us. to interact and a way to do things. And you become you know, wrapped up in the I'm outside person. of the, the type that you would have, your parents would have chosen for you and you're outside of the type. Yeah, there's something Lizzie said that made me think of that, actually, for us. Like, I can't remember what she said, but there was something she said about that and, like, how you, or maybe it was Darcy, but you had to have someone different. Mm -hmm. And I was like, exactly. Like, you did, I did have to have someone different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I remember thinking that as I was reading. Um, But yeah, so that that line, that, like, is actually where I changed my mind. I was like, no, this is really good. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really making me think. And it's, it, but because it, it's so true and it's not that complicated, but it's true. Like you get, become wrapped up in another person and some of those like other ways you have to be or think you have yeah. to be are less important. And is that a sign that they loved each other versus all the passionate things that like might be in a novel today? And I thought that was, well, I liked that well, a lot. I, yeah. I think, I think there has to be a balance. I think that, and I think all of the novels that we've read to some degree, have this balance. You can't just have... I mean, I'm sure there are just, like, basically, you know, erotica. I mean, that's what they call it. When mm-hmm. it's just basically, like... But that's a different just genre. Just bang. Yeah. All the that, that's not a romance novel in yeah. the same way. I mean, that's, like, like a genre. Like, Anais Nin, for example, <laughs> would be erotica, where it's just, like, people banging and, like, a little bit of psychology, and that's it. Yeah. But then there's, like... But all of these have a balance. There's, like, the idea that there is, you know, they they say that the most erogenous part of the body is the mind, right? Yeah. You have to, like, want to be with the person you're with, no matter how good-looking and... Right, right. ...and uh, attractive the person is. It's you still... There is... We're not totally animals. We're still human yeah. beings uh, to some extent. And, e- and even in our romantic lives even in our sexual lives we have this reason that has 
some play within the animal part of our body. So, um, so this one was like just the balance, I think, struck it just about right. Hmm. And you thought that, you know, there wasn't enough, you know, just being animal attraction to each other. No, probably. I was not necessarily that, just enough. Like, I wish that, like, there would be a dancing scene where they actually could have a conversation with each other. They did. No, remember? They could never actually have a full conversation. It was still stilted. And then, like, or, yeah, like, they like sat down at life. dinner that's and they had a... But they, like, and then they get married. They want to get married. The and amount... they haven't even had, like, a real conversation. Was it the last novel that we read? Where, yeah, I think it was Book Lovers, where she said some, some quote, and I loved it. It was like, I did that thing that I indulge myself sometimes, where I really think of, like, a great speech I would give to somebody. Oh, that was, no, that was the one before it. That was um, Love Lettering, where Love she that. did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's like real life. I think of, I probably every week I think of something I ought to tell you in a very artful way, and then I just don't do it as well because real life gets in the way. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't. <laughs> I just want, like, a moment of real connection. And I didn't see, like, I just, but again, it's 1813. Like, this is new, and I do think your point about that is, like, something to really keep in mind. Like, this is new when she writes this. Right. Like, this whole idea is new. The idea that you should even care about romance. Exactly. And that, like, it, yeah, it's, just, I mean, that's why she spends so much time trying to make sense of it and, like, mm -hmm. the way people are against it and all the things in the way of it. Um, so but, my question is, so to conclude this, because we're getting... I know, but more. I wanted to know what your favorite, favorite line was in the novel. Oh, my favorite line. Yeah, or, like, your favorite, like, little moment i mean there's so many that's what i was thinking like, I, I and I, we so didn't get to a single one times. um there's too many too so many i mean there's so many but like nothing moments. stands out in your mind I mean, there's a lot. Because there were so many things as I was reading that I was like, oh, Peter probably really liked this line. This, right. Or this is a good line. Or this is like a really interesting way of saying this. There were so many things. And... I mean, let's just... Chapter 18. There's 63, 61 chapters. There are a lot of chapters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, world, mean, I wasn't sure I could finish The it. world is blinded by his fortune and consequence or frightened by his high and imposing manners and sees him only as he chooses to be seen. I mean, there's just so many good lines in here. Um, and with a bow to Mr. Darcy, he concluded his speech, which had been spoken so loud as to be heard by half the room. Many seated. This is, of course, Mr. Collins. Of course, yeah. Collins. <laughs> many seated, many smiled, but no one looked more amused than Mr. Bennett himself. <laughs> <laughs> while his wife seriously commended Mr. Collins for having spoken so sensibly and observed in half, in a half whisper to Lady Lucas that he 
was a remarkably clever, good kind of young man. I mean, just, just too much. There's so many good lines. Um, All right. Well, here's what I'm going to say then. Since yeah. I know we have a lot of, we have already been, we're like over an hour already. Yeah. Um, by next week, I want you to tell me the line that you think is the most romantic in Pride and Prejudice. Well, I don't, I, I'd have to look. Yeah, that's why I'm but giving you all I, the way till next week. The most romantic is where Mr. Darcy explicitly says that he loves Lizzie. Because she challenges him. Yeah. So you agree with that? Yeah. That was the most romantic thing. And that's like in the one of the last. I was going to say that's at the very, the very, very end. end. I got to say that was probably. I know. It's funny that you say it's the most romantic. And you almost, you're like always almost mocking me for me saying that about you. Well. No, I don't mock you. What do you well, mean? Well, you joke about it a lot. Well, it's because you don't. You always give me a hard time for challenging oh, you. Yeah, because now that we're married and have to live together, <laughs> but like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, okay, but you had a closing thought. Although maybe you don't. Well, no, my closing thought is. There is no literature that is a true romance novel that has been canonized in the 20th century or beyond. There is, you can't even come up with something that's sort of like canon adjacent. Well, when was uh, like D.H. Lawrence writing? Was that early 20th century? So he's like canon adjacent. It's too racy to be canon in a way because you can't really read it in school. Why? What did he write? That like was, he wrote, he wrote a um, Lady novel? Chatterley's Lover. Okay. Uh, and that's kind of a romance. We could read that. Um, but I don't know. I think it was early 20th, but it might have been 19th. Um, English writer. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he, 1930 died. 1930. So he must have written Early 1900s. Yeah, I mean, I so think in the was, last century. That's what I. If you think of like 1950 and beyond, yeah, there's. I don't think there's anybody. I mean, maybe we're wrong, but we can look. It's got to be not true of. I think of the hot-blooded European Mediterranean countries. Oh gosh, and you stop saying. Does that bother you? Yes. Why does that bother you? I don't know. It, it seems. Feels, right, it seems. It, Almost racist, yes. but they're. I'm talking about Europeans, so it might be okay to but be it, a little bit yeah. racist towards them. But. No, it, well, it's not. But yeah, like somehow it's okay to say, but I don't think it is. Um, maybe. I mean, we could look at Italian literature. You know, I took that Italian lit and translation class that I loved. Not we didn't read any romance, but well, you got to think somewhere they're doing romance in the old. On the list, when was Love in the Time of Cholera written? That was on the list. And I was like, oh, we should read that. I think I've read that. Well, I've read every book we've read so far, so that's fine. But he's Marquez. Yeah. So he's barely American. 
I mean, he's well, we not, we never limited our podcast to reading American yeah, writers. No, well, he's barely. He's. I don't think he wrote it in English, did he? It was translated. Probably, but isn't it kind of like canon-ish? Yeah, it was nineteen eighty-five, and that's a romance novel. Well, it was on this list I looked at today, and I was like, huh. But I don't know if they just said that because it has love in the title. I think it's. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's probably my... going to be, we're going to read it, it's going to be super sad. <laughs> it also it's has cholera in the title. My so. definition of love and romance. But, you know, we can, I'm willing to branch out. Now that we read Pride and Prejudice, I think we should continue to branch out. Every, like, again, like I said, 10 or so. Let's do something mm-hmm. more challenging, more canon, more historical. That might be one. We got to figure out if that's actually a romance novel first. Right, it but, was on a list of best romance novels of all time. I looked at today. Yeah, but also, although so what? Also, Kleypas was on the same list. So you know, but like, you know who else was on the list was uh, Dickens was on that on some lists. Yeah, that that's I saw. crazy. I um, I saw a bunch of ones that you wouldn't call romance novels. I know, but I'm willing to. I saw the Scarlet Letter. Okay, well, that's written on not, one. That's like yeah, that's the opposite ridiculous. of it. That's not at all. So people are just using very expansive definitions. Okay. Well. So my question is, why? Why isn't there a happy, epic love story in the last hundred years? Well, I mean, it's a that good question. is I- the story of two lovers. Two, let's let's make it even more impossible. Two American lovers who loved each other despite the challenges of the world we live in. None of them are. We have to look into this more in depth. There has to be one that we're just an overlooking. An epic love story. An epic love story in the sense that Romeo and Juliet, Lizzie and Mr. Darcy, right. somebody, and Juliet, not somebody is but. epic, like is... That is a type. Transcends transcends the space and time that they're set in and is just true to all humanity. And there is nothing. Well, maybe we're overlooking something. I think we should like do some looking. We've searched Google. When we first started this, we've searched Google. I've talked to like, I don't know, six or eight people who are well-read. Nobody can come up with a true romance novel beyond beyond Jane Austen, beyond the Brontes, that is part of the Western canon. Hmm. Now, there is romance in novels, but they wouldn't be considered romance novels. Right, because the romance isn't central. It's not central. I don't know. We'll have to... I mean, again, maybe we're overlooking something, though. I'm trying to think. There's nothing. I mean, there has to be something. That's what I thought. There has to be something that we're overlooking. I think we need to keep returning to this question. Maybe love in the time of cholera. (laughs) It's going to be it. (laughs) No, maybe maybe we should read that next week. Well, he is Colombian, so you know those hot-blooded Colombians. You did that on purpose. From now on, hot-blooded, off the list. Off the list of terms. Yes. Okay, so um, we're this is one hour and fifteen minutes long. 
Uh, what are we reading next week? We are going to read An Extraordinary Union by Alyssa Cole. Extraordinary Union. So historical novel, actually, but written Civil by a War? modern. Yes, but written <gasps> by a modern author. So American Ooh, historical. Exciting. Yeah, it should be good. It's about us Yankees. I think you just read Beating it. You, down on those no Confederates. Matter, no matter what you say, you're going to be wrong. So why don't you just those, wait and read the novel. Those treacherous gray coats trying to keep slavery alive. You just really enjoy this. Mm -hmm. how, you, just because you happened to see the cover, that's how you figured it out? No, because it said it was Union. Oh, so you just assumed. And you said it was historical, so I said, oh, it's got to be. Oh, you didn't think Union, like, two lovers I uniting? The, I didn't see the cover. Oh, two lovers uniting? That's what I think of when I think of Union. Oh, no, no. No, you think Civil War immediately when yeah. you hear Union? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure that's what the author wanted me to think by calling it an extraordinary Union. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. We'll have to read to find out. Yep. All, All right. right. Until next week.